so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Father, we bow before you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for Calvary. We thank you for the promise of heaven, Lord, as we learned this morning of, of a couple of dear folks going on to be with the Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you'll be with, Lord, particularly my pastor and another pastor that I know of, Lord, preaching with heavy hearts today. Give them the strength. But, Lord, as I stand behind this sacred desk, I pray, dear God, that you will anoint me with the power from on high. As many faces as there are here, there's probably needs and hurts that only you can help and only you can heal. So, Lord, I pray that I will just be the vessel that you will use to speak to hearts. And if there's one lost, may they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ today. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the things of this world are getting more and more wicked, we believers often quote this verse or we've gone and turned to this verse and I've made mention of it and saying, you know, as in the days of Noah. Now, some have used this verse to do it as a lack of service. To say, well, we're in the last days or we're in the days of Noah. And so, oh, what's the use? It's going to be tough times. It's going to be difficult times and not to serve the Lord. And I don't believe that's the case in, in any way, shape, or form. I believe we're to serve God. If we're here, if we're alive, you've been born again, you've got life, you've got breath. There is something that God has for you to do. You may not be able to do what you did when you were 20 uh, and now you're 80 years old. You may not be able to physically do it, but there is something that God has for you to do. But as I was looking at this passage of Scripture, many folks always, uh, to, to me, want to look at and they want to try to uh, place modern-day events and all that in light of, of Scripture and the light of the end times. But as I often tell people, I remember when I was a kid, teenager, and, and just young boy first going into church in the 70s and into the 80s, uh, prophecy and revelation and prophecy conferences were really the big rage, and, and they were starting to make the movies uh, on the last days and what was going to happen and what was going to take place. And, and my parents at the time were young Christians, and I, I, I remember we were in, in a church, and I don't even remember the pastor, but I remember them saying that barcodes on the boxes of cereal and canned goods in the grocery store was the mark of the beast. 666 was in there. Now, I was a little boy, and I take things literally. You tell me the mark of the beast is in there. And I remember my mom, she was trying to find the old cans and the old boxes that didn't have it because they were young Christians. That's the mark of the beast, you know, and we didn't want to have anything to do with the mark of the beast. And I remember standing in the grocery store and turning the box around and looking, and I didn't see 66, and I didn't see a beast. I was so disappointed. I was so frustrated. That preacher lied to me. There was no mark of the beast and those box. You know, we understand now and technology coming and, and the mark and looking at those things, and I'm not discounting preaching and trying to put those things into place. I, I'm really not. We need to be looking up. Jesus said to be ready, and, and John said, Behold, to come quickly, and even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We need to watch and pray 
But there are some things in the days of Noah that I believe that we have in our modern day. And so as we look at this and look at the days of Noah, I want you to realize, first of all, and something we would probably recognize right off, that there was a godless society. There was a godless society. The Bible tells us that they were uh, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Now, I've heard it preached, and it's probably so, and I believe uh, accurate to say that they were probably just having parties, and we could go on and say uh, how wicked maybe those parties were. But I also think there's another aspect to this uh, verse here that they were going through life just living their life. They were doing daily life. They were doing things. A godless society is not determined by the wickedness, but by the lack of God. See, a godless society is a society that is going about without God. I believe that there are many Christians who would say that they're saved, they're born again, they're on their way to heaven. I wouldn't dispute that, wouldn't argue that. But many days they are practical atheists. And what I mean by that is you live your life, you live your day, and you've never consulted God about your day. You've never asked God whether you should take this job, whether you should do this. Your life could be completely explained as just a moral person living good. A godless society is a society that has no room for God. Now, I want to say as we're looking at this, we know that when we uh, find out about their thoughts in, in Genesis chapter number 6 and verse 5, that their thoughts and that were only evil continually, and they were wicked, and they were very vile, and, and that was the nature of the society. But I believe here in modern-day America, we're living in that same society. As we look around, it seems to be increasing more and more and more, uh, those that have gray hair like me and even more as you've been around the block you remember times when you went to church where you never heard of a security team those were the nursery workers keeping the kids in the nursery. That was a security team. Um, now I go into churches, and I've uh, been there where the ushers are taking up the offering, and they're packing, and you can see it. Hey, you know, and you say, does that bother you? No, because I'm giving something in the offering. If a guy's walking by and handing me a plate with a fist, I'm putting something in, you know. I'm going to set my wife in there if I have to. I'm, I'm going to make sure something goes in the offering. But we know that it's a godless society and living apart from God. We know what 2 Timothy tells us. If you don't, go read 2 Timothy 3. That listen to also in the last days, perilous times shall come. And men lovers of their own selves and unthankful and ungodly. We're looking at our society and see there's no value in life. We're willing uh, to, to abort babies and not only abort the babies, but now we celebrate it and, and we praise it and we shout it. And now now we're discussing whether or not after that baby is born, whether if it's wanted or not, if it's all right to go ahead and murder that baby. And now we're wondering in society, and uh, it's America, but you look around the world uh, about those that are getting older, and well, they're not useless in society, so maybe we need to do something with them. Hey, that's a godless society. That's a society that doesn't understand that when God created man, he created man man with a living soul we are different than all the other 
others of creation, all creation, all the animals, we're different. Why? We have an eternal living soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. There was a godless society. But I want you to notice uh, something else. There was uh, the word of God. There was a word from God. You see, Noah being warned of God, the Bible tells us in Genesis. We won't take time. You go back, read there in Genesis chapter 6. God came to Noah, and he gave him a word. He told him, judgment is coming, and here is a plan of salvation. We'll look at that in a little bit. But there, this is what is going to happen, and here is the word. Noah didn't have the complete revelation of everything. He didn't have all 66 books of the Bible in a nice leather-bound Bible and book that we have today. He had a simple word from God. Uh, Judgment is coming, and you need to let folks know, and you need to do a, a work. There was a word from God. The problem is not what we don't know about the Bible. It is uh, we don't do what we know. Most people know. That's why they get upset uh, when you catch them in their sin because they know it's wrong because they read it in the Bible and they want to get upset with you because you're convicting them by your presence, which is not you. It's the Holy Spirit. Hey, folks, we have a word uh, from God. We have the word of God for us us and to live our lives. So we may be living in dark days, we may be living in wicked days and perilous times, but we have the Word of God that is there to comfort and guide us and instruct us and help us through this present time. I don't know what your situation is, I don't know what you're going through, but I have a book that can help you through it. Why? Because it wasn't written by man, it was written by the Creator for us to help us to live in this earth. Oh, they in 2 Peter 3, 5 says they were willingly ignorant of that uh, by the word of God the heavens were of old. We have people that are looking at creation and willingly want to be ignorant and throw off all evidence to believe their life and their lie and the way that they want to live. Oh my, how much of the Bible we believe is how much we obey. He believed it and obeyed it when he didn't understand it. Have you thought about being uh, being Noah? Have you really thought about that, what it was like being here down in Mississippi and having hurricanes? We understand what floods are and storms are and, and rain. Uh, last uh, week I was in, in Texas in, in the Fort Worth area and uh, they were having a beams uh, revival and preaching there and Saturday morning and woke up we were supposed to go out knocking doors and the pastor called and said hey it's flooding around here uh, and he said I can't get out of my subdivision we can't get to the church can't get in the places we're going to go so we're going to have to cancel and I thought well I opened the the window in the motel I was staying and they had a drainage ditch yesterday when I the day before when I was walking out there was a little trickle of water now there was three or four feet of water out there behind the, the uh, motel in that drainage ditch. And I thought, hmm, I wish I was on the second floor. Uh, but uh, it was all right, made it through. But flooding and flash flooding, that's part of our vernacular. That's part of our life. We grew up with it. 
Noah didn't understand what does it mean that it's going to flood and the water's going to come and rain is going to come down. Now, my mind works a little different than a lot of people. And I just imagine Noah going home to Mrs. Noah. All right? And he's just been with God. God's given him a word. And he goes in. And I've been married for 33 years and don't understand my wife anymore today than what I did 33 years ago. And those that are just married, I wish I was more encouragement and help. But I just say the journey has been great. It's been a lot of fun. And I still don't know what I'm doing as a husband, but I'm still enjoying it, all right? Uh, but he's going home and he comes in and says, hi, honey, how you doing? Said, doing good. How was your day? And, and so she starts telling about how the boys had messed this up and uh, you know in the house and how she did this and was down at the the creek beating his clothes on the rock and cleaning and can't believe he's messing them up so much you know just wife things and and she's like so what was new for you well I was talking to God today and maybe say well that's that's good that's nice you know and God told me that uh, I need to build an ark okay then well that's nice honey you're going to build an ark and we're going to have all these animals and it's going to rain and it's going to what yeah, God says it's going to rain, and we're going to build this big ark, and he's going to put these animals in, and we're going to do this, and, and the water's going to come. It's going to do what? Sit down, honey. Uh, I, I think you were outside a little too, too much. Did you hit your head while you were out working in the garden? Did, did something happen? Uh, it's going to rain. We're going to do what? God's going to do What? It's going to do, well, I don't understand. And he'd have to look at her and say, I don't understand how God's going to do it. But God said it, and it's going to come to pass. You see, that's faith. Hey, he wasn't jumping out onto nothing. He was saying God at his word that he needed to build an ark uh, because it was going to rain, though he didn't know what rain meant. He didn't know what faith or, or what uh, floods meant, but he knew what God said. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Know it? I know you don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. But you better believe it, and you better heed it. So not only was there a godless society, and there was a word of God, but there was a man by faith. We've already alluded to it there as Noah. Hebrews eleven seven says, by faith... Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. See, I have a Bible to back it up. He hadn't seen all that. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So what was Noah? A man of faith. By faith is taking God at his word. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've not seen heaven. My, my wife sings a song a lot of times we travel, and, and she says, that, you know, that's uh, faith becomes sight. 
You know, those that have stepped into glory, their faith has now become sight. Uh, that one that they have uh, longed to see, that place that they've desired to be, is no longer faith, it is now sight. Noah, being a man of faith, he took the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're not going to be a man or a woman of faith without the word of God. That word of God needs to be in you and stepping out and God leading you and guiding you. And you stepping out because you have a word from God that God's going to do a work. Oh, he was just and perfect in a wicked generation. Genesis uh, chapter 6 tells about him. Oh, Jesus asked, when the Son of Man cometh on the earth, shall he find faith? Many of us today, being blessed to be born in America and raised uh, in homes where we don't have to worry about our next meal and where things are coming about. Hey, listen, uh, we trust in those things instead of the faith that God will supply all our needs. There was a man of faith. He stepped out by faith. Number four, there was a work to be done. He had to prepare an ark. There was physical and spiritual work that was going on. Noah, 2 Peter 2.5, tells us that he was a preacher of righteousness. So he's a hammering and he's a preaching. He's a building and he's a preaching. He's cutting down that wood and he's uh, taking over and building this ark. And even though he was the nut of the community, you know who that is. You say, I don't know who it is. Well, that may be you. You may be the nut of the community. I don't know. I'm just, just asking. But anyways, they were just looking up. You can smile. I know you're starved to death. It's fallback Sunday. Your stomach says it is 1246. Your blood sugar is zilch. I understand. I, I get that. Now you say, I wasn't until you said something. Now I'm starved. I'm moving along. There was a work to do. It wasn't an easy work. It wasn't a popular work. It wasn't a work that anybody else was doing or anybody else could give him advice or help. It, it was a work that maybe his wife didn't understand and maybe his sons didn't understand at times. It was a work that I believe that probably some days he, he was tired and his family were tired, but it was a work that had to be done. Why? God said the floods are coming, the rains are coming. There needs to be a work, and if they are going to survive, they had to do the work. No modern tools, no cranes. No chainsaws, no meals, everything done by hand. When I, when I think of Noah and his three sons, I see some strapping guys. I, I see some guys with some calluses on their hands and their bodies all toned. Why? Hey, they're working all day and they're building and they're building this ark. And he's a preaching and there's a building. As we said earlier, there is a work for you to do. Hey, listen, we don't have enough people that are doing the ministry and work of intercessory prayer. We need to be praying. Some of you that are older and can't get out and can't do, my pastor tells uh, about a dear sweet uh, lady in our church. Her husband was the assistant pastor, Sister Kennedy, and 
She got to the point where she couldn't go, and pastor would announce, hey, we're going having soul winning Thursday morning and Thursday night. If you can come, come out. And she went, was talking with her one day, and she was just all upset, nearly in tears, saying, pastor, I can't go. I physically can't get out. I can't walk. I can't do. It just bothers me. And pastor said, well, what you can do in your part of the soul winning is you can start praying when we're out knocking doors. And you start praying. And she was like, well, I do. He said, no, you earnestly pray during those times and you're just as important as a person that is knocking on the door there's a work for you to do fifth I want you to realize this quickly that there was rewards to be obtained the Bible said he was an heir of righteousness this one thing that I think is is great and sometimes some people kind of maybe downplay a little bit that who was in the ark with him his three sons and his daughter-in-laws and his wife. The tragedy would have been if he was in there to me and he would have brought a bunch of other people in and his three sons and three daughter-in-laws were outside the ark. I mean, one of the blessings, one of the rewards that we can talk about, we're talking about knowing the example and, and all that. But to me, one of the greatest rewards that Noah had by being faithful and continuing on that God blessed and his family was inside the ark with him. I understand as children get older and they become adults, uh, they make their own decisions. They have to make uh, that decision for themselves. Christianity is not something that anybody else can do. It is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is a personal relationship. It doesn't matter that grandma was faithful or grandpa was a pastor or daddy was a preacher and, and mama sang in the choir. You individually, personally must make that decision and have a relationship with God. You must make that decision. But if I never share the gospel, if I never share the importance of being in church and serving the Lord and reading the Bible to my two uh, children, my two daughters that God blessed us and, and sharing that now with the grandbabies uh, that God has blessed us with. And I was so busy trying to get other people Bibles and other people saved that I neglected my own family. What a tragedy that would be. Oh, what a great reward as God shut that ark. And Noah looked him, though his heart was breaking for the rest of his family and kinfolk that were on the outside of the ark. But always he looked at his boys and looked at his daughter-in-laws and looked at his wife. And when that storm came and the floods were coming, and they looked at him and they said, Daddy, thank you for being faithful through the hard times. Daddy, thank you for being faithful to God in a godless society. Oh, there's rewards. Let me, let me say this. There was the reward. Save the whole human race. You realize I'm a descendant of Noah. If you go back far enough. We're related. I know. You don't want to know that. I understand that. And it's way back there. It's okay. Somebody asked me, you going to do Ancestry.com? No. The ones I know, I don't want to know any further. Yeah, I told my wife today, it's me, her, and the girls. That's it. And I may even include the son-in-law, but that's my family in a nutshell right now. I don't want to know anymore. Why? Because the ones I know, I know where they come from, and we don't want to look. 
But the whole human race was saved. Why? Because a man had a word from God, and God told him to do something that nobody else understood or, or could figure out what he was doing, but he was faithful to do it. They're rewards. You realize serving God, the Bible talks about five crowns in the Bible. We don't have time to go through and look at all those, but we have crowns. Let me say this. This is an amazing thing about serving God. When you serve God, God says, I've got a work for you to do. You say, okay, Lord, here am I. I'm going to do the work. Now, God says, I'm going to equip you to do the work. Well, thank you, Lord. What a blessing. I'm going to equip you. Not, excuse me. Not only am I going to equip you, but I'm going to provide financially for what is needed to do the work. Well, Lord, thank you. Well, thank you for that. And, I, and actually, I'm going to give the, the increase. I'm going to bless the work. And, and actually, I'm going to do the work through you. But I want you to work and I want you to do. And, and I'm going to provide and, and I'm going to give the increase. And I'm, I'm going to bless through all that. And then when you're all said and done one day uh, and it comes to the end of life and you've been faithful, I'm going to give you rewards. How can you miss out on something like that? What a blessing. There is a work to do. But one last thing that I see in what was in the days of Noah, there was a plan of salvation. God has always provided a plan of salvation. Even though the world was a godless society and even though they were living as if God didn't exist, God had a plan of salvation. And Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And those people day by day, can you imagine as that ark was being built, I don't know how many of you have had the privilege to go there in, in Kentucky and, and see uh, the ark up there, that, the museum of things that they built. And, and man, if it's not exact, that's, it's pretty good. And to walk up and see the size of this thing and think that those four men built something of that magnitude and that size. I mean, it's just, just amazing when you go in there and you look at it and you think about all the stuff that they had to do. As a kid, I never thought about what you had to do after you fed the animals. We'll just leave it with that. There had to be a plan for that. There had to be a filtration system for the air because you feed the animals. There has to be a filtration, you understand? What an amazing, intricate thing, and they're building this, and it's just raising up. And everybody that goes by, they're seeing it, and they're saying, there's oh no, he's still doing it. And they walk up by, and they get closer, and he starts preaching to them about righteousness, that the judgment of God is coming upon us because of our sin. Uh, we need to repent. We need to be ready. We need to get in the ark. God is going to judge the world. They rejected the plan, only one plan. Friend, can I say today that we as preachers of righteousness are telling the world that God is going to judge sin? God is going to judge this world. The book of Revelation isn't a good storybook. It is a historical fact that has not happened yet. God has already seen it. God already knows it takes place and it will take place. And that there is a place called hell that will be cast into a place called the lake of fire. And those that do not accept 
His plan of salvation to have their sins forgiven and escape the judgment of God will spend an eternity in a place called hell where the lake of fire or hell is cast into the lake of fire that was created for the devil and his angels and will spend all eternity there and there is only one way. It is not in religion. It is not in works. Hey, it is not in baptism or church membership or giving or trying to be good because there is none righteous no, not one. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you were going to escape the flood and the destruction of the worldwide flood uh, there in the book of Genesis and Noah's day, there was only one way to escape it and you had to be in that ark, a picture of Christ that was put and closed and sealed by God Almighty and those of us that are saved, we are sealed by God Almighty and the Holy Spirit throughout all eternity. Folks, there's only one way. There is a plan of salvation. We're living in a godless world. And the only answer that has always been the answer is Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin, you say, well, I'm not a sinner. Have you ever lied? Well, you're a sinner. Hey, have you ever stole? Have you ever done something wrong to somebody? We go through the Ten Commandments, but you sin because the Bible says you were born with a sinful nature. I have three precious granddaughters. I've shared it before, and they are wonderful. I have never taught them how to lie. Neither did their parents. They all know how to lie. They started in the crib. When they acted as if the world said there was a terrible monster eating them alive. And you went in there. They weren't hungry. Their diaper was clean. They just wanted help. They were lying that they were in distress. They're selfish. They want what they want when they want. Why? Because we're born with a sinful nature. And the only hope is found in Jesus Christ. So what was in the days of Noah, there was a godless society. There was a word from the Lord. There was a man of faith. There was a work to be done. There were rewards to be obtained. There was a plan of salvation. So are we living in the days of Noah? Could very well be. It's looking like it. I'm not going to debate or argue that. But I want to know this. First of all, have you gotten into the ark of Jesus have you accepted the plan of salvation? Second of all, are you a man or woman of faith? And are you working for the Lord? Stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. We're going to have a time of what we call an invitation. If you're here visiting and you say, I've, I, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I don't, I don't understand all that. We're going to have a verse here in just a moment after I pray, a verse or two of an invitation hymn. And, and God speaking to you, invites you to come down. We're not going to embarrass you. We, we don't want to do that. 